0: sallallahu alayhi ya rasul sallallahu wa sallam alayka ya sayyidi wa ya mawlaya wa ibn mawlaya ya abaa abdillah يا رحمة الله الواسعة ويا باب نجاة الامة ويا عبرة لكل مؤمن ما خاب والله من تمسك بكم وامنا من لجا والتجا اليكم Ya lentana kuna macum sadity Fanafu the thousand Let us place our right hands. On our chests and greet Imam al-Hussein. All together, Assalamu <laughs> ala al-Hussein wa ala Ali ibn al. ورحمة الله وبركاته قال الله تعالى في محكم كتابه الكريم وقوله الحق وهو أصدق الصادقين اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان جاء انكم فاسقم بنبئ فتبينوا أن تصيب قوما بجهالة فتصبح على ما فعلتم نادمين So in your gathering with the remembrance of Muhammad wa Ali Muhammad. As a gift to the soul of Sayyidina wa Mawlana wa Muqtadana, Al-Imam Al-Husayn and his honorable family and companions recite the second salawat. For Allah to shower onto this gathering with his infinite mercy and compassion to hasten the reappearance of Sayyidina wa Mawlana, Sahib al-Asri wa Zaman, recite the third salawat with the loudest of your voices. In the sixth year after the migration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, from the holy city of Mecca to the holy city of Medina, Rasulullah and his companions decided to embark on the minor, minor pilgrimage, also known as al umrah al-Mufrada. And as I spoke of this in the first night, they were intercepted by the pagan Arabs which resulted into Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam creating a peace treaty known as Sulh Hudaybiyah. And in the seventh year, while Rasulullah was preparing to go back for the pilgrimage to Mecca, many of his companions came forward and told him, Ya Rasulullah, Those pagan Arabs, they saw that we were wearing the Ihram. And we were not carrying any weapons. And we cannot defend ourselves if we were to be attacked by them. What must we do? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the 190th ayah from the Holy Qur'an. 190th ayah of chapter 2 from the Holy Qur'an, Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this ayah states the following, وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And fight in the name of God. وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ الَّذِينَ يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ Those who come forward to fight you. وَلَا تَعْتَدُوا And do not transgress. For Allah dislikes the transgressors. It is clear within the Holy Quran that war and battle is defensive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders the Muslims that you must retaliate and defend yourself against those who come to fight you. And if you defend yourself, you cannot transgress. You cannot go beyond defending yourself. And as you may have heard, two nights ago I read the declaration of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prior to any war and battle. I'll repeat some of its lines now. Rasulullah says to Ja'far ibn Abi Talib who was heading the army towards Mu'tah that when you go and you fight the enemies There you may find individuals taking refuge to churches, monasteries, houses of worship. Do not disturb them. Do not instill fear in their hearts. Do not harm the plants. Do not harm the animals. Do not fight the elderly. Do not disturb the woman. Do not kill the minors. And therefore, Rasulullah sallallahu taught his companions that when they arrive to Badr, they arrive to Uhud, and they arrive to every single battlefield to face the enemy, that we cannot initiate the war. We cannot be the first individuals to send an arrow or initiate a strike. If they begin the battle, we defend ourselves. And similarly, many of you have heard this of Imam al hussein on the 10th of Muharram. That's when shimr ibn al jawshan came and he saw there was a fire pit surrounding the camp of Imam al hussein to deter the enemies from getting closer to the tents of imam al hussein shimr came and he said ya Hussein, atajjalta bin nari dunya qabla al-akhirah ya Hussein, are you trying to send yourself to the hell fire in the dunya before the akhirah the audacity of shimr some of the companions drew their swords they said ya aba abdullah allow us to take his neck He's close, we can do that now. Imam Al Hussein, being the grandson of Rasulullah, being the one who is the protector of the legacy of Rasulullah says Ala Akrahu and Abdahum I will never initiate a war. And therefore, many people beginning from the seventh year after Hijrah, they witnessed the acts of peace of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And therefore that year was known as Amul Wufud the year in which delegations came to enter the religion of Islam, tribes. Villages, families, prominent individuals came to Rasulullah after they found him to be a man who secured peace in the Arabian Peninsula to accept the religion of Islam. And amongst those delegations was a delegation that came from the city of Najran, near Yemen. It was a Christian occupied land so they came with the most important delegation the high priests, the archbishops, the mayor of Najran and they were wearing their cross and chains holding on to the Bible and they arrived to the city of Medina. Listen to this. I want you to picture this for a moment. They arrived to Medina on a Sunday. Maybe this was deliberate. We don't know. And as soon as they arrived, they told him, Ya Muhammad, it is time for us to conduct our mass, our prayers. Do you have a place for us? And there is always, you know, the holier than thou, the people that thought they know more than Rasulullah. They told them Out. This is shirk, this is kufr, you cannot do this here. Rasulullah says, yes, the place for you to pray is inside my masjid. Inside Masjid Rasulullah in Medina." And Rasulullah asked his companions, make some peace for them. Let them conduct their mass here. When they were done with their mass, Rasulullah had an area where he would sit. He had a rug, he would sit there. And his guests would sit in front of him. So he is the host. And individuals visiting him. Delegations visiting him are the guests. Rasulullah for the very first time in history. Sat where the guests sit. Look at the discipline of Rasulullah. The akhlaq of Rasulullah. The rahmah of Rasulullah. He sat a cross and he told them today you are the hosts, you sit where I sit. And they asked Rasulullah questions. You believe in Jesus. You believe that he did not have a father. If he does not have a father, how can you not also believe that he is the son of God? Amongst other questions and Allah immediately reveals the verses from the Holy Quran enlightening this delegation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He says, Ya Rasulullah, tell this Christian delegation, do you not believe in Adam? Adam did not have a father nor a mother, and Allah created him. It does not make him the son of God. And the same example goes for Jesus, the son of Mary. The delegation leaves. But more and more people see the peaceful nature of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa wasallam, and until today. And it is, it is of extreme importance, brothers and sisters, for us to discuss those verses to illuminate the mind of our youth especially, why? Imagine for a moment that you're a young man or a young woman living in this country, growing up in this country. How does it feel? Do we ever wonder how it feels to be them? For a young woman to be wearing the hijab and then suddenly people at school go to her and tell her, why are you wearing this cloth on your head? Your religion oppresses you. Your religion is a religion of violence, intolerance. Look at your own Quran. Allah commands people to fight in His name. The same verse that I read for you just now has been used against the religion of Qur'an, against the religion of Islam, against the Qur'an. That it's a book that promotes violence. And that same young man or young woman cannot stand in defense of the Qur'an. Cannot stand in defense of Islam. So what do they do? Their hope is that when they attend such majalis, they are enlightened. Their belief in Islam is strengthened so that they can become the best of ambassadors of Islam. So that they can become proud Muslims. And some of us, we attend majalis 10 days, sometimes 60, for years in, years out. And if my child comes to me and says, explain to me Chapter 2, verse 190, I am incapable to explain to my child what that verse means. I am incapable to explain to my child, to my son, to my daughter, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was commanded to always take the route of peace. For in the religion of Islam, peace is a form of victory. Yes, many people may know details about the 10th of Muharram. They may even discuss lectures about the color of the horse of Imam Hussein. Was it white or was it black? The different forms of Azadari and the rituals of Ashura. I kid you not, once I went to a community and their biggest concern was that we have a diverse community. So in the time of Aza and Azadari, do we raise both our hands and we beat our chest or just one hand and we beat our chest? While their children at school at universities, at colleges, at places of work are asked about the essence of Islam. while Rasulullah every single day is being accused and defamed. And as all, you, all of you see today, the news discusses the burning of the Quran. Why? Why do people burn the Quran? Because people are ignorant of what is in the Qur'an. People are threatened by what's in the Qur'an. Imagine you're just an average American person growing up in this country. Honestly, let me just, let's be real here for a moment. Would you really want to read the Qur'an? Would you really want to engage with Islam? Would you really want to give Islam a chance? It is our duty to create real ambassadors, informed ambassadors, equipped ambassadors for the religion of Islam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, this delegation came to you, they spoke with you. It seems there was no concrete understanding so what do you do ya Rasulullah? should you go and fight them should you expel them from the Arabian Peninsula should you discipline them should you harass them should you fight them if you're not Muslims ask you brothers and sisters especially my younger beloved brothers and sisters This is exactly how you have to respond. Don't become emotional. The imams of Bayt teach us that in debates, don't ever let emotion take over you. Speak with facts. And the facts are there in the Holy Qur'an. Allah teaches and disciplines Rasulullah how to engage with Ahlul Kitab, the Christians and the Jews that may feel threatened by the Qur'an today. Rasulullah says to them says to Allah says to Rasulullah ya Rasulullah now that there is no line of communication between you and the Christians between you and the Jews and you have the upper hand you rule Arabia today you are the most powerful man in the Arabian peninsula qul you go to them you initiate the conversation with them qul Go and tell them Ya Rasulullah That we have common grounds And that is the belief in the oneness of God Let us create harmony With the understanding that we all worship The one and only existence worthy of worship, the one God. And I'll tell you today, the number of Muslims is growing in this country. Some accounts speak of 12 to 15 million Muslims. And you brothers and sisters are living in the second largest populated Muslim city in this country. Houston, Texas, right after New York. What have we done to bring al Kitab closer to Islam? To initiate conversations with them when our majalis, the doors are shut and we only gather amongst ourselves, when we never pay a visit to our neighbors, when we never speak with them, when we are not welcoming to them, What have we done towards giving life to the principles of Islam? So Allah teaches Rasulullah that you initiate the conversation. You create peace. And similarly we find that in the camp of Imam al Hussein there was a huge diversity. Though the number was not large. Some accounts speak of 72, some accounts speak of 90, some accounts speak of 100. Companions on the 10th of Muharram for Imam al-Hussein. But there you find the Christian. Wahab al-Kalbi, a Christian young man. There you find the Abyssinian. There you find the black slave John. There you find the Persian. There you find the Arab. There you find youngsters. There you find an 82-year-old companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wasallam. How did Imam al hussein create this harmony? How did he create this unity? How did it come about? And many of you, if not all of you, have been to the Arba'een walk. And if you haven't, it's a must. At least once in a lifetime that you take the journey of Arba'een to the land of Karbala. Why? Because there you see something that your eyes would not believe. Words cannot describe what you see there. Twenty million people gathered. There isn't a single fight. There isn't a single argument. Everyone is fed. Everyone sleeps at peace. Everyone has a sense of security. There are people who beg to serve you. There are people who empty their homes for the zaireen of Imam Al-Hussein. There are people who come and beg you, "Let me massage your feet. Let me wash your clothes." 20 million of them. The greatest, most peaceful gathering in the history of humanity. How is this all possible? It is possible because those people have gathered in the name of Imam Al Hussein, who stood for peace, who has the ingredients to create unity amongst diversity. But here there is a vital question that we cannot shy away from, we cannot run away from this reality we cannot continue to dodge this question. Many people say, Islam talks about harmony between Muslims and Ahlul Kitab, non-Muslims. Islam talks about wahda amongst Muslims, bihablillahi jami'an, wala and hold on to the rope of Allah, you Muslims, and do not be disunited and we go to the arbaeen and we see this unity amongst the followers of ahl al bayt but how come when we come back to our cities our countries our masajid our communities we don't see the same harmony we don't see the same love we don't see the same compassion We don't see the same harmony amongst the followers of al Bayt. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. And this is as real as it gets. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is more confusing for your children and your youth and that allows them to question their faith and question their identity and run away from the religious institution like disunity amongst the followers of Ahlul Bayt. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You know how many people I speak to and they say, Sayyid, we have nothing to do with the religious institution. In fact, we have no respect for the religious institution. We're trying to run away from the religious institution because there is there, there is hypocrisy. Disunity, accusations, lies. We were cheated all those years. And now that we grew up and we realize that in the masjid we were cheated, and the masjid we were taught disunity, and the masjid and the religious institution, call it whatever you want to call it, we were taught to divide amongst our brethren. Guess what? I can't trust this guy anymore. Therefore, I'm out. And let me tell you this there is nothing more heartbreaking to Rasulullah. Now you might say, Rasulullah, Rasulullah is dead. Do you not read the Quran? Waqul y'amalu. Waqul y'amalu. O you mu'minen, do righteous deeds. Who is a witness to your righteous deeds? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fasayar wa Rasuluhu Rasulullah is a witness to our acts. And who else? Al mu'minun Who are those mu'minun انزلناه في ليلة القدر 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 خير من ألف شهر تنزل والروح they descend all the residents of the heavens malaika according to surah al-qadr they all descend alongside ruhul amin who is jibril تتنزل al-malaika فيها بإذن ربهم. Allah gives them permission. He says, descend. Where? who do they descend to? They descend onto Rasulullah and after, after Rasulullah, the Khalifa of Rasulullah, to your 12th Imam. كل And everything that you do is written there. Allah has a witness. Rasulullah has a witness. The Imam of your time is a witness. There is nothing more disturbing to the heart of Rasulullah and the imam of your time than for us to create disunity amongst ourselves. Is it okay if we have difference of opinion? Absolutely. We're human beings. You will have difference of opinion with your wife, with your son, with your brother. But what is it that allows this family to continue with harmony? This family does not shatter and break. What is it? Flexibility. Having an open mind. Forgiveness. If I have a difference of opinion with you, Keep an open mind. There is one tiny possibility that you could be wrong. Just a tiny possibility. Why? Because you didn't receive revelation from God that this indeed is the answer to the solution. You believe strongly in your opinion. That's fine. But can you put your hand on the Qur'an and say, I swear on the Qur'an that this belief is exactly what Allah says. not a marajah in the book of Masail al-Shari'ah. What do they say? Al-Ihtiyat. What does Ahitiyat mean? He does not have the answer. He's taking you towards precaution because he does not have a clear answer. And I tell you, there are thousands upon thousands of ihtiyat in the book of Masail. In the family when there is dispute Between the father and the son The mother and her daughter There is a special ingredient That Allah speaks about in the Quran وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُم مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah has put A special ingredients in the family And that is مَوَدَّةً And that is to show your love for one another Don't just say I love you son But I'm always going to disagree with you And there also must be some mercy and compassion. And mawaddas to show your love. And therefore, families do not break. But if this is not in the essence of the family, then the families will break and shatter. And that is why today you find divorce rates are skyrocketing. And some states in this country... In some states within the first year, 50% of the marriages result result in a divorce. 50%. Allah says, if you want this family not to break, be flexible. And you brothers and sisters, according to Allah and Rasulullah and the Quran... When you say, Ashhhadu Allah ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadan Abduhu wa Rasulu, you become one family and you become one unit. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, he paired Muslims as brothers. You all know this. It's in every single book of history. That Rasulullah Akha Al Muslimin. He said to every Muslim, choose a brother. And Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala in the Holy Quran speaks of disputes amongst the Muslims. He says, if there is a dispute amongst the Muslims, it becomes wajib, mandatory upon the community of Muslims to create peace amongst them, to create tranquility amongst them. And if we want real peace and unity and harmony amongst the followers of al Bayt, we have to be flexible. We have to show each other mercy. We have to show each other love and rahmah. We have to have compassion amongst each other. And I would like to speak of this topic in three points. Very simple points. I don't want to make it complicated. They say... That Mullah Nasruddin, he once stood up in front of his home and he started shouting in the village, oh village, oh the people of the village, gather around, gather around, gather around. Some people probably, you know, they, they know that there's something funny that's going to take place and there was no cinemas then. So they all show up in front of his home. He says, look for my key. I lost my key. So they start looking in the grass, here, there, different places. Then they tell him, Allah Nasruddin, are you sure this is where you dropped your key? This is where you lost your key? He said, no. So where do you think you lost your key? He said, I lost my key inside the house. So they told him, come on, seriously? You're making us stand here and look for the key. You're saying you lost the key inside the house. Why are you making us do this? He said, you don't understand. There is no lights inside the house. You won't be able to find the key. We find sometimes we are looking for excuses to blame why the community is divided and our youth are running away from the religious institution. We blame them. That's the first thing we do. We blame the youth. Then we blame why? Because they're not there. They have nothing to do with their religion. They need to become more religious. They need to be more involved. Then we blame their parents. Shame on you. You don't bring your kids. Then we blame their schools. Then we blame the society. Then we blame Netflix. Hulu. Disney. But we never stop and say, as the religious institution, is there something that we need to look into maybe? Is there something that needs to be changed? Is there an alarm beeping and we don't listen to it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Holy Qur'an In Surah Al-Hujurat, chapter 49. A chapter that we must read regularly because it's the chapter dedicated to Akhlaq, morality, and ethical principles of how we deal with others. I'll be very quick. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in ayah number 6 speaks of an incident that happened between Al-Walid bin Uqbah And an entire tribe, Rasulullah sends a man by the name of Al-Walid bin Uqbah. This man went to an entire tribe, an entire village, to collect taxes on behalf of Rasulullah from them. But Walid himself, he had issues with this tribe, so he did not enter the vicinity of the village. He got there and he returned and he told Rasulullah, Ya Rasulullah, those people have left Islam. They are not Muslim. They weren't praying. And I went and I told them, give the zakat and they tried to kill me. So some companions there were saying, really? Let's... Gather an army and go and take the zakat. Rasulullah, hold on. Let's verify this news. Let's see if this guy is actually speaking the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals this ayah. Ya ayyuhal amanu. Me, you, and all the mu'mineen and muslimin around the world for the past 1,400 years until eternity. Listen, this is the word of God. In. Binabain fatabayyanu. If a person that is wicked, that is not trustworthy comes to you with a piece of news, the first thing that you must do is you must verify. Fatabayyanu. Why? Maybe you're going to accuse an individual or a group of people or a community while being ignorant of the truth. فَتُصْبِحُوا عَلَى مَا فَعَلْتُمْ And then you will be regretful. Of course, some people, they don't really regret accusing others. They like it. But Allah is speaking of the Day of Judgment. On that day, you have no other option but to be regretful. Because there are some things Allah will forgive, and there are things Allah will not forgive. You can cry an ocean for Hussein. Some sins will be forgiven, and we have hadiths. But some sins will not be forgiven. Allah on the Day of Judgment says, the sins between me and you, I will forgive you. But the sins between you and haqq I cannot forgive you, they must forgive you. And on a day Allah in the Quran says, يَوْمْ كَانَ مِقْدَارُهُ خَمْسِينَ أَلْفِ سَنَة On that day, The day of judgment is fifty thousand years. Some people will end up standing there for fifty thousand years. I don't ask me to explain. And it's called Day of Qiyamah. We have to stand. You can't sit. You can't recline. You can't say, "Well, it's been about ten thousand years of standing." Can I recline? No, you can't. Can I go under the shade? Absolutely not. Have mercy upon yourselves on that day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us the following, that we only accept news, and this is a discussion in ilm, Usul al-fiqh, Islamic legal theory. In terms of hadith reliability, who do we take hadith from? Number one, if it's not trustworthy, what do you do? You don't take the hadith. But more importantly, you can only take hadith and news from a reliable source. Sometimes this person, he's not a liar. But he's not a reliable source. There's a difference. What do I mean? If someone has not been, for example, to the holy city of Qum. And he has not seen, for example, the scholar there, the scholars there, and the house there, and the seminary there, and the seminarian lifestyle there. And he comes and he gives you an hour lecture about the seminary. And this person is not lying. He's read it in the books. He's heard it from other people. That person is not a reliable source. And I'll tell you why. A reliable source is someone who has seen with their own eyes, not heard with their ears. We will get to the criteria of what a reliable source is. So an informed source, a trustworthy source is the only way that a mu'min decides that this news is reliable. And let me ask you this, is Facebook a reliable source? What about Instagram? What about TikTok? What about WhatsApp? Since when did they become Adil? But what do we do? What do we do? As soon as you get a WhatsApp, ooh, you put your hand down on that forward button, you select the entire contact list, forward. And the best part is, this has not been verified. I'm just forwarding it. What? Why are you forwarding it if you haven't verified? And guess what? What goes around the most? The truth or false? Thank you very much. Controversy? Or for example, a hadith? No, controversy. False news. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. This is Amir al muminin wa Mawla al muahidin Ali ibn Abi Talib al-Nahj al-Balagha. A book that... A book that we must regularly visit. A book that we must regularly read. He says, ayyuhal O people, this, even if non-Muslims come across this, they will know the value of Ali. They will know the wisdom of Ali. They will know that Ali is the gate to the city of the wisdom of all prophets. Just by this one line, if you read from Amir al-Mu'mineen. Ayyuhal-Nas, This is Innahjul Balag. Min'arafah min akhihi wa wasadadu tariq. If you heard that someone is of your brethren has good standing in faith, has good iman. As a person who conducts himself well, she conducts herself well, and they have iman. Then you block your ears from the rumors that are spread about that individual. Be it a man, be it a woman. Be it a man that you know well or you don't know. أَمَا إِنَّهُ قَدْ Why? Because sometimes some people they... Excuse me for saying this, but this is exactly how Rasulullah, uh, Amir al-Mu'mini is saying it. Because sometimes some people, they spit around rumors. And they try to assassinate the character of individuals with their arrows. siham <laughs> الْكَلَامُ and some people they twist around the truth with their words. and the truth will not be heard, but the false accusations will go around as rumors within the community. وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ شَهِيدٌ and Allah has a witness, and Allah hears. So be careful. And then he says his most beautiful line. It says, Between haqq and batil there is four fingers. So they tell him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, what do you mean between haqq and batil there is four fingers? And he was doing this. And then he took his hand. Look. He said, This is the, the criteria of what is haqq and batil. And he did this. The difference between what you hear and what you see. This is batil, this is haq. This is batil, this is? If you do not see it with your eyes, for you it is batil. You have no, you should not have any incentive to speak of this, of of this. Because you did not see it with your own eyes. Al-Imam Musa ibn Ja'far. Listen to this most beautiful letter that Imam Musa ibn Ja'far writes to one of his companions. Or he speaks to one of his companions. And this is in the book, and Wasa'il al-Shi'a and Kitab al-Kafi. I'm telling you the, ro- the sources because I said yesterday, cross-reference everything. to Abul Hasan al awal. The first Abul Hasan. Who is whom? Imam Musa ibn Ja'far. Qultu lahu ju'iltu fidak. May I be a sacrifice for you, yabna Rasulullah. rajul min ikhwati. I hear about one of my brothers An Iman. anhu shay al Somebody tells me something about him that I, I don't like. That he did something that if it is true, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like it for him to do that. It's an ugly act then I go and this, this man, apparently he's a wise man. He goes Fa I go and I ask him, I don't ask other people to verify. No, I go straight up to the person and I ask him. He says, "No, I didn't do that. That wasn't me., listen to this. Listen to this, all of you. Wa وَقَدْ أَخْبَرَنِي عَنْهُ قَوْمٌ ثِقَاتٍ And the people who have told me this are trustworthy people. They're no liars. What do I do? How many of you have been in this position? Every single one of you. Every single one of us. What do we do? This is your Imam. He says, ya Muhammad, مُحَمَّدْ كَذِّبْ سَمْعَكَ basarak. Make sure that you do not believe what you have heard from others about your brother. Even if 50 people come and they swear in front of you that this is the truth. What do you do? The imam says, you say, I will not believe it. وقال and if he says, I didn't do it, you take his word and you say, I cannot believe you. It's not that he didn't do it. Probably he did. Probably she did. But, but Rasulullah, but the son of Rasulullah here wants to protect individuals, to protect their reputation, to protect their identity, and to help them go towards forgiveness. Because if you expose someone and you destroy them, they may always, they may run away. They may say, you know what, I don't stand a chance. فَصَدِّقْهُ And then what does he say? وَلَا the,. And do not ever be amongst those who spread things negatively about other individuals, about your brethren in faith. وَتُحْدِمْ بِهِ مُرُوْأَتَهِ And to destroy his reputation. And you will be amongst those individuals who Allah has described in the Qur'an. in الَّذِينَ يُحِبُّونَ أَن تَشِيعَ الْفَحَشَةَ فِي الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ Allah says that those who like to destroy the reputation of others from the mu'mineen awaits them an eternal punishment. Like I said, some sins don't count on them to be forgiven on the Day of Judgment. I don't have time. I have to read the last narration. Many of you have heard of Shah Abdul Azim. Right? And he is known in the books of Hadith as Sayyid Abdul Azim al- Barakallahu feekum Imam Al-Rida Salawatullahi alayhi Writes a letter to Sayyid Abdul Azim al hassani so that he shares it With me and you You may go to 50 majalis, 100 majalis 500 majalis your lifetime But you may not come across a letter That was sent By Imam Al-Rida to each and Every one of you Tonight I'm unveiling this letter to you. Read it. Imam al-Rada wrote this for you. He says, Abdul An alayhi salam awliya salam. First of all, Imam al-Rada sends his salams to you. So say alaykum al salam to Imam al-Rada. He sends his salam and his peace to his awliya, those who attribute themselves to him. Those who follow him, those who love him. And then what does he say? وَقُلْ لهم, And tell them. Do not allow the shaytan to take over you. What does this mean? وَمِرْهُمْ بِالصِّدْقِ فِي الْحَدِيثِ Give them a command that they may always speak the truth. al-Hadith. Not rumors, not lies, not accusations, not riba. If you speak only speak the truth. Basatk al Hadith. and to deliver the amana. The amana to the people and the amana to Ahlulbayt. When the Ahlul Bayt referred to the Amana it means the dues of Ahlul Bayt. The khums that you have in your pockets that belongs to the Ahlul Bayt, it must be delivered to them. This is a command from Imam al to every one of us. What else? وَأْمُرْهُمْ بِالسُكُوتِ Allahu Akbar. Imagine this. And tell them to be quiet. To be silent. To observe silence. What does this mean? That we don't speak for the rest of... No, 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 no. A wise man understand what this means. It means don't speak in matters that don't relate to you. If you feel you should be quiet in this circumstance, take the route of silence. Not everything that you know you speak of. You don't have to comment on everything. You don't have to be involved in every little pity issue. Silence is gold, Amir al-Mu'mineen says. وَتَرْكِ الجدال and do not get into arguments that do not relate to them. Allahu Akbar. If we only do this one, don't get involved and don't have arguments and things that do not pertain you. This is from Imam al Rida directly to his followers. And then, wa إqbali ba'adhim ala And tell them to be friends with each other. Wal <وَالْمُزَاورَة> muzawara. And to visit one another. فَإِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ ilay. إِلَيْ Don't do it for them. Do it قُرْبَةً إلي. If you want to seek nearness to me and make me happy, do this. Visit one another. Honor one another. Be friendly with one another. And do not spend time destroying one another and ripping each other apart. This is Imam al-Ridha. This is not some marjah or some ayatullah or some sheikh or some sayyid. This is Imam al ridha If you're a follower of Imam al ridha this is a letter from you, from him to you. Then he says, listen to this. I have spoken, I have sworn and taken an oath upon myself. If somebody is involved in destroying another. One of the individuals that attribute themselves to me, if they destroy the unity of those individuals who attribute themselves to me, wa min and angers one of those individuals by doing so, destroys their reputation, destroys their families. What happens? The All. Imam al Rida prays, Da'aw to Allah. What is the dua of Imam al Rida? That Allah strikes that individual with the worst of punishments. Sometimes we do need moments of silence and speeches. Because this is a lot. A lot is being said here. And some of us are very, very far away from this. And in the day of judgment, he will be amongst the losers. There you don't say, Ya Imam al-Ridha, I am your Imam. I am your follower, please find me here. He's telling you that you will be a loser. None of you, inshallah, the person who does this. وَعَرِّفْهُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ غَفَرَ لِمُحْسِنِهِمْ Allah will forgive you if you don't do this. وَتَجَاوَزَ عَنْ مُسِيئِهِمْ And Allah will wash away your sins. إِلَّا مَنْ أَشْرَكَ بِهِ Unless you do shirk. أو آذَا وَلِيًّا مِنْ أَوْلِيَائِي Except those who have ill intentions towards one of our followers, one of our lovers. Unfortunately, time has run out. I do apologize. But I have to say two more very quickly points. Avoid creating loyalties above the loyalty that you have towards the Ahlul Bayt. Don't create loyalty due to your nationality, due to your ethnicity, due to your culture. If you're Iranian, if you're Ira- Iraqi, Lebanese, Khoja, Pakistani, your loyalties to the Ahlul Bayt first. One day I asked a grand alim, a marja. His fatwa was that Khums, in the time of this ghaiba that we're in, you don't have to ask the permission of the marja. To distribute that. You spend it in the way that you believe pleases Allah. Then he changed his fatwa. He said, no, you need to seek my permission. I am honored to be one of his students. So I sat with him. I said said to him, why? Why is this change? He says, because our people don't know how the money is meant to be spent. I said to him, please explain. He says, because the Pakistani thinks that his priority is that this initiative has to be Pakistani. And the Iraqi believes that the priority is that this initiative has to be Iraqi. And the Lebanese, the same. The Iranian, the same. The Indian, the same. But the idea is that the priority should be ridallah Allah and the ridha of the imam of our time. Our people cannot distinguish this. That's why I went back on my fatwa. The greatest loyalty, brothers and sisters, is that your loyalty to Ahlul Bayt. If you are loyal to Ahlul Bayt and there is disunity being created within the community, ask yourself what will I say to Amir al muminin on the day of judgment if I'm doing this? Because your loyalties to him, your loyalties to Fatima, your loyalties to Imam al Hussein, your loyalties to Imam al Mahdi. And last but not least, very quickly, I have to say this. We are in the time of Ghaibatul Kubra. And Ghaibatul Sohra, Al Imam Al Mahdi, he chose individuals. He said, This is my representative. This is my representative. This is my representative. But now we are in the grand occultation, Al al Kubra. And al Kubra, the Imam didn't say, Only follow this person. So you are free to choose amongst the ulama. And if you follow someone else, if you follow another marjah, if you follow another faqih and you know that he gets you to Allah and the al-Bayt, God bless you. We don't need to fight. We don't need to divide amongst each other. This is ex- the exact instructions given to us by Imam al-Askari. man kana min al-fuqaha, He has to be a faqih. li Protective of his nafs. He does not follow his desires. حافظا لدينه. And he protects the faith, deen. محافظا لهواه. He does not follow his desires. مطيعا لأمر مولاه. And he follows the command of Allah. awami أَنْ يقلدوه. Then the rest of you must follow that individual. There is no name there. It doesn't say you have to specifically follow this مرجع. We are in the time of Ghaybat al-Sughra. If somebody follows another marja, it does not give me the ability to fight them, to accuse them, to defame them, to put them down, to create disunity. Do not eat the flesh of the ulama. Do not. What do I mean, eat the flesh of the ulama? and أَحَدَكُمْ أَنْ يَأْكُلَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا فكرهتمو. Allah says, ghiba of, of individuals who are mu'min is like eating their flesh. Now imagine you eat the flesh of an alim. And I see some people, they pass judgment on ulama. Say to him, brother, are you an alim? Have you studied? No. What do you do? I own a Dunkin' Donuts. Does the alim come and tell you how to cook your donuts? Does he interfere in your business? We are no one to discuss such issues. Those ulama are discussing their legal theories in the hawza in the most peaceful way. We bring it all the way to across the world so that we can create disunity amongst ourselves. And tonight, brothers and sisters, is a night dedicated to the companions of Imam Al Hussein. Those who stood with Imam Al Hussein. And I unfortunately, time is up. I will make it very brief. Amongst those companions was a man by the name of Abis Ibn Shabib. He was witnessed on the 10th of Muharram. He was witnessed on the 10th of Muharram that he was wearing a shield and he had his armor and he was running around and then he came back, he took off his shield, he took off his armor and he ran while his chest was bare. He ran towards the enemies. They told him, Ya Abis, what has gone into you? What has happened? Have you gone mad? He said, yes. Ajannani, hubbul Husain. Ajannani. I want to go and I want to quench my thirst with the shahada of the martyrdom fi sabil al Hussein. Let us be amongst those who are ashabul Hussein. Let us send our hearts, our minds, our souls to the land of Karbala. All of you together, mashallah, brothers and sisters, I have seen so many youth here, so many young individuals that have joined the camp of Imam Al-Husayn. Tonight, I want you to tell Imam al hussein that, Ya Aba Abdullah, we are here as your servants, and raise your voice all together as if you're standing between Bainul Haramain. (تصفيق) يا سيدنا وما ولانا إنا توجهنا واستشفعنا وقدمناك بين يدي حاجاتنا، all the lovers of Hussain، يا وجه عند الله. Ya Wajihan Allah. For those who want to be amongst the Zaireen of Imam Al Hussein and Arba'een, visitors of his shrine to receive his Shafa'ah and the Shafa'ah of his mother Fatima, all of us together raise your voice wherever you may be. Ya Wajih. Brothers and sisters, I do apologize. Tonight we will be delayed for Salah because it is time for Aza'. But I tell you this the topic was of extreme importance for our community. And also, Salat al Jama'ah, its thawab, is mighty. And all of the ulama have said we have an hour window. So I do apologize. It is my fault. I took long. We're going to proceed with the Azadari. If you feel that you want to pray on time, there is the opportunity. There is a hall outside available to you. But we're going to continue with our aza, And I promise you, we will stick to the time from tomorrow. I do apologize. Please forgive me. On a night like this, we are reminded of the loyalty of the Ashab of Imam al Hussein. Al-Imam al Hussein stood on the eve of the tenth of Muharram around the tent and he was cleaning around the tents and he was reciting eulogy for himself. As Sayyidah Zaynab saw him, she said, Ya Aba Abdullah, why are you cleaning around those tents in the middle of the desert? He says to her, Oh my sister Zaynab, Tomorrow my aitam will be running away from one tent to another in this location. I want to make sure that they don't fall and get hurt. Ya Aba Abdullah, I see you sharpening your sword and you are reciting your own eulogies. He says, Ya Zainab, how can I not when this life has not left me with any Nasr and any Mu'een, anybody that's going to stand to defend me, to defend my family, to defend my Haram, in that moment, some of the companions they overheard this conversation between Imam al Hussein and Sayyid Zainab. So the Ansar went inside the tent and he, they said to each other, Let's stand up and let's tell Zainab that tomorrow we're going to be there. We're going to stand for Hussein. We're not going to let Hussein stand alone. We're going to go before Bani Hashim. We're going to go before Imam al Hussein. And they called out, Ya Abba Abdullah, come we are repaying our allegiance to you. Just like tonight you are repaying your allegiance to Imam Al-Husayn. Those individuals were there to pay, repay their allegiance to Imam Al-Husayn. Muslim Ibn Ausajah said, Ya Aba Abdullah, tomorrow if they kill me and they chop my body into pieces, and they burn me, and they turn me into ashes, and they throw the ashes into the skies, and they do this 1,000 times with me, I will still gift my life to you, Ya Abba Abdullah. Another one comes and says, Ya Aba Abdullah. look at my white beard, Habib ibn madahir al-Asadi in his 80s, companion of Rasulullah. I have not dyed my beard, it is all white. Tomorrow my beard will be ready. I will dye my white beard with the stains of my blood from my neck for you, Ya Aba Abdullah. And on the 10th of Muharram, Imam Hussain assembled his camp. He gave the standard to his brother al Fadl abbas and he kept Muslim ibn Ausajah and Habib ibn Mazahir on the right and the left side of the army and he stayed in the center of the army and he witnessed the 25,000 individuals in front of him and he raised his hands and he says to Allah Oh Allah, I seek sabr and patience from you. Oh Allah, oh Allah, I am pleased with the destiny that you have chosen for me. Suddenly an arrow came from the camp of Umar ibn Sa'ad. And it landed in front of Imam Al-Husayn. Imam al hussein Saint Paul tells his companions <laughs> أَلَا يَا أَصْحَابِي إِنَّ هَذِهِ رَسَائِلُ الْقَوْمِ إِلَيْكُمْ فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِالصَّبْرِ وَالْجِهَادِ Oh my companions, this is the first invitation from those guys to you. It is time for jihad. It is time for you to stand and defend your imam. One after another they went and I want to speak of one companion from the as tonight every one of those companions were slain they fell martyrs one of them was a black slave imam hussein had freed him he says john you are free you can go he says Aba all those years i was with you when you were taking care of me when you were loving me when you were housing me Now that you are all by yourself here and you freed me, you think I'm going to neglect you? I'm going to leave you. And he went and he fought. He fought as a brave man, as a free man. And when he fell, what did Imam Al Hussein do? Imam Al Hussein, brothers and sisters, he came and he put his cheek on the cheeks of John. And he said to everyone throughout history that Hussein, the grandson of Ali, the grandson of Muhammad and the son of Ali is an equal to this person when they are in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He carried his body one after another Habib ibn mudagir and Muslim ibn Jah all fell martyrs. Imam al-Hussein came out and he shouted out, I don't know how you can bear this. Alah al-min-Nasirin yansuruna. Alah al-min-Mughiithin yughiithuna. Alah al-min-Dhabin yathubu anna. Wanahnu alu bayt rasulillah. Alah al-min-Munadin wa Husayna brothers sisters with zainab and fatima raise your voice wa mazluma wa shahida wa ghariba Imam al Hussein then witnessed a young boy, a young boy who could not carry the sword. He was dragging the sword and coming towards Imam al Hussein. Imam al Hussein says to him, Oh, young man, you must go back and return to your mother. Your father has just been killed. And I cannot accept you as an offering. Allahu Akbar. He goes back to the tent of his mother. Suddenly, Imam al sees that this mother is being held, as the son is being held by his mother. She's bringing him. She says to him, Ya Abba Abdullah, <laughs> Atuthkalu umuka Al-Husain. Your mother Fatima, she's going to be crying for her son Hussein, and I won't be crying for my son, Ya Abba Abdullah. Please accept him as an offering. Imam Al Hussein allows this young man to go to the battlefield. What does he recite? All of you Husseinis, I don't care what language you speak, you all have those lines memorized with this young boy. Amiri <laughs> Hussein. Who is your Amir? Your Amir is Hussain. This young boy, he goes out, he says, Amiri Hussain. My master is Hussain. My Imam is Hussain. <laughs> he is the grandson of the Bashir of Nadir. How can you come and you stand in front of him to fight him? This young boy, he was slain, he fought bravely. Allahu Akbar, then his mother ك يا يمشي سستهم يا ابا عبد Ya Aba Abdullah are you pleased with what i have done for you i ask you sisters have you asked yourself what have you done for imam al in preparing soldiers for him on the 10th of muharram that live amongst us today allahu akbar ya aba abdullah we want a glance from you at this majlis so that we all become your servants, insha'Allah. As-salukak Allahu wa nadeeuk bismika al-azim al-azim al jalil akram ya Allah. Ten times. Raise your hands to Allah. Ya Allah. Ya Allah. Ya Allah. Ya Allah, 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 Ya Asma'a Ya nadirin Ya Ghiyath al O Allah, every man and woman present in this majlis with a haja, give us our haja, with a sin, forgive our sins Bestow upon us the honor of, biz, of being amongst the lovers of Hussein, Amongst the visitors of Hussein, Amongst those who receive the shafa'ah of Imam Al-Hussain o Allah, we ask you if there are any ill ones in this majlis Descend on to them from your cure Allahumma adkhil ala ahlil qibur al suroor Allahumma shafi wa'afi kulla marid Allahumma Sudda faqrana bi ghinaak Allahumma ansur al-islam al muslimin واخذل الكفر والكافرين اللهم عجل ثم عجل لمولانا الفرج والعافية والنصر واجعلنا من أنصاره وأعوانه وإلى أرواح المؤمنين والمؤمنات والعلماء والشهداء وخدمة الحسين نهدي جميعا ثواب سورة المباركة الفاتحة مع الصلوات